Podcast. I'm your host Jason Martin here with Chris Frank. What to do? So this week we'll go through this week's games, past week's games. There are four of them this week. We'll look ahead to this coming week's games and also go over some big injury news for the St. Louis Blues. So Yay. yeah, well let's go. Let's go into injury news first because I think that's a little more uh, bigger yeah, news more than all pressing. the games. So, um, it sucks. During the Nashville game, uh, it looks like 21 seconds left. Vladimir Tarasenko broke his hand on a hit by Victor Stahlberg. He'll be out at least six weeks getting surgery on Wednesday, which yep. is like the that's 19th. 19th, which if you you know go ahead and calendar six weeks, that's at least two weeks out of the playoffs, which I would say... First All but rules round. him out for the first round. I say first round, you're out, and maybe depending how the rounds go, possibly the uh, yeah. Depending round. on how rounds go and how his uh, surgery and rehab goes, maybe part of the second. So that's uh, that's a big one for the Blues. It's you know it, it's the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, and we just got Sabotka back, and now we lose Tarasenko. But you know one of the good things that I think comes of this now is Yaskin's up, and he's going to be up for good. And now is the time for him to really show what he's got. You know, it's hard when you have a couple games up and then you're back down in Chicago and then you come back up for a couple games. And now, you know, you're going to have 15 games going into the playoffs to get used to playing with the real team. So it's it's his chance. And I'll be the first to admit, I've I like what the kid has as far as size and skill, but I've yet to really see that moment that makes me go, he's ready for the NHL. Yeah, I think he's got the, uh, like you said, the tools and everything, but I think he needs uh, just a seasoning, just like time up and... Sure, and that comes with time. Yeah, I think like Tarasenko is the same way when his rookie year, he kind of burst on the scene and did really well, and then he struggled. Yep. Then the concussion happened, and then he really struggled. So I think that's Yaskin will go through a similar development. I think he'll... Uh, I think so. He'll uh, he'll get it eventually, but I think he's shown in, definitely in the AHL that he... Uh, has a size and also a skill to score. Yeah, well, you know, and one of the things that you have to take into consideration is you take a guy like Yaskin who's, you know, playing 18 minutes or so, give or take, a night in Chicago, and you bring him up to the Blues and he's down to eight minutes, nine minutes, you know, a good game, 10 minutes, and it's hard to get that flow again. Um, you know, maybe now with him having a more structured and permanent role on this team, filling in for someone like Tarasenko, he's going to get more minutes. And, you know, maybe he gets more comfortable with his role in this team and you start to see more of what you saw in Chicago. Yep. Uh, Also, some other injury news on the week. Um, Not an injury per se, but TGOC will miss the Winnipeg game, which was starting in a couple minutes, actually. Yep. The uh, birth of his daughter, Lila Grace. Grace. So congratulations to T.G. Oshie if you are listening. Probably not. Probably not. I'm, but, I'm going to assume you're not listening. Well, he's just sitting there like hanging out with his you know, fiancé and daughter, just like sitting in the room. He's like, I'll turn on the Blues Hockey Podcast. Yeah, see what's you know, going on. Them dudes got it going on. <laughs> it could happen. Them chop it up. Yeah, they could, you know, doing that. Also, uh, 
Magnus Payarvi uh, out with an, I think he said lower body injury. I heard upper body. Oh, upper body? Okay, yeah. I'm wrong on that. Upper body injury. And uh, it was. It looked like it was that hit that Ryan Smith put on him. Oh, dude. That was, that was a shaker for sure. Yeah, so I think he just got hit up high and he kind of grimaced afterwards. So he didn't play much afterwards. So he... Uh, out of that game, and he was playing really, really well. He had an assist. I don't think it was right after he had his assist too. Yeah. On that game, so it happens. So a couple injuries, but I think this is what uh, like I'm trying to jump ahead here, but like championship teams are made of. Like no, I agree. you should you should be able to overcome. Inj- yep. I mean injuries. I Look, mean, it's a team sport for a reason, and the Blues have a bunch of good players. The Blues don't really have. A, uh, a a breakout star, yeah, and this is I think is one of the good things of that is you know this isn't like taking um, a Bobby Ryan away or some or you know even a uh, a, a Zetterberg or, or a Corey Pell or a Corey Perry or any of those guys you know Z- Tarasenko is a huge part of this team, but you know it, you're you're taking twenty goals away. And that sucks. And you've seen what this guy has done with the full season behind him. Yeah. But it, it's not like we're losing our big cog. Everyone has kind of fit together in an equal size role yeah. and it's worked together. And as long as Yaskin can pick up the slack and the guys around him can pick up the slack and carry on, I think the Blues will be fine. Yeah. I think uh, that's why Ott was kind of brought in too. It's like sure. that guy could move up and down the lineup he can play on the first line really if you're desperate absolutely well, but look, he can also play on the but he's been on third and fourth line for us it looked like and do that entire the entire line that's now being called the dallas line all of those guys have if needed could play top line minutes yeah they could i mean they're they're past their prime but you could put morrow you could put roy you could put Ott on a top line would it be the best thing in the world no but they've all done it. They all they they still got. I bet you that reserve in the tank that if they needed to tap into it, they could play those minutes. Yeah, I'm hoping to get an inspired Derek Roy since he uh, sat out the uh, Edmonton game. So I hope hopefully so. He kind of after that happened earlier in the season when Hitch sat him for a couple games. Yep. he uh, went off for about a good five or six games and unfortunately settled back into what he kind of was before. But he played really well and he's had flashes here and there. Yeah. But then it, unfortunately he's, he's now settled into what I like to call the Chris Stewart role. Well, you where know, either you can either you really notice him or you don't even yeah, realize he played. That's one. He's one of those guys that when we signed him, uh, I didn't know what to think because the guy's only what three years removed from being a top line guy in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And he played himself out of a gig there was picked up, was either traded to or picked up by Dallas, spent the first part of the year in Dallas, yeah, the Dallas. second part of the year in, in Vancouver, Vancouver, and really, you know, didn't do much of anything. So I thought, I remember when we signed him, I thought the $4 million a year was a bit much, but I've been okay and happy with what we've gotten out of him. The guy has provided some grit, some leadership, and he's put a few in the net. So, you know, I, I would like to see more consistency out of him, of course, but I'm all right with what we've gotten out of that with uh, with that deal. Yeah. So I think it's, uh, he's fine for now. Like I said, it was a one year deal, which I was, which I've always said, like, I'm glad it's just one year. Sure. So, uh, some unfortunate injury news. So, uh, let's just go into the recap of last week's games. Uh, and we'll start with last Sunday, right before we recorded. And then we watched together the blues at Minnesota, uh, started off really well with a uh, TJ Oshie at the three minute and 37 second mark. Yep. The power play actually got a goal. Yeah. Miracles never cease. Uh, assists from uh, Steen and Shattenkirk brought the Blues up one nothing early on. 
power play actually i think it was two for 29 at that point yeah and it hasn't been much better since that goal either but you know it's it was nice to see them coming off of playing in denver the night before whenever you have a back-to-back road games that's rough Mm because you're you're traveling playing traveling playing traveling yeah and uh, it was nice to see the guys come out that quick and put one in the net. Yeah, it was good. It was off a rebound off the boards. Uh, Steen shot it wide, which not a surprise. Nope. Um, or it might have deflected wide. We almost said deflected wide. But And then uh, right there, uh, Brzezgolov is his first game in net for uh, mm-hmm. Minnesota. Uh, kind of overcommitted. And Oshie was able to put the rebound past him, kind of falling away. So. A very weird kind of rolling rebound goal yep. that... You know, it was a sloppy goal for sure, and it's one that you think Brzezgalov would like to have back. But, you know, it's after what seems like a few weeks of the Blues not getting those breaks and bounces and rolls, it was nice to see one finally cross the line. Yep. So, uh, believe it or not, another big surprise, Carlo Koliakvo gets on the board with his first goal in apparently almost two years. And it was a laser. It was a nice shot, upper left corner, eight minute and thirty seconds, eight minute and thirty second mark from Jaden Schwartz and Vladimir Tarasenko. Yeah, I mean it was a good goal, and you know we always laugh about how Koliakovo is, is one sneeze away from you know tearing an ACL and being done for a career, but you know every once in a while the guy shows flashes of of brilliance again, and that was one of those where he stepped up and dude, that was a phenomenal shot. That was a great goal. Yeah, I was really happy with a. Uh the way that uh, he played in that game. It seemed like he actually looked good for once, which uh, sometimes doesn't always uh, come through. But uh, No, not with Carlo. So, And he actually has been injury-free. Well, he hasn't played much. He's injury-free so far. Yeah, that's good. knock so, on wood. Yeah, so t- so far, 2 nothing going into the second period. Uh, and this is what Elliott was in net, by the way. Too. Correct, yeah. So, uh, Miller Jason, had the day off. Uh, Jason Pomaville, uh gets him within one at 3 minutes and 11 seconds with a nice uh, – yeah. First time I when I first saw it, I thought it was sort of weak, but then seeing it, it was pretty much a laser. I mean, it was a good shot. It, it was, was well a great placed, shot uh, from uh, Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. Uh, that's his twenty third of the year. So bringing them closer at, at two to one uh, later in the period at the seven minute mark. Matt Molson with his in his first game. Yep, as the Minnesota Wild, it's his eighteenth uh, tip in goal from uh, Miko Koivu. The tied at two two. That's sort of an odd goal too, where. Looked like nothing was really happening. Just kind of was in a blue zone. They just got thrown to the front, and Molson, I think it hit off his shin pad, or possibly, or maybe. Even- yeah, it just seemed like the the puck was just kind of floating around there, and he was able to put one past Elliott. Um, you know, watching that game, the thing that I noticed was you felt that sense of desperation kick in for the Minnesota Wild, um, where they knew they really needed to start scratching and clawing because you look at a team like Minnesota. Which is really in a dogfight with Dallas for wild card positioning, let alone trying to mm-hmm. you know stay in a, a wild card position at all. I think neither of those teams are going to catch Colorado or uh, or Chicago or us for a division spot. Yeah, it's virtually. Um, but you no. could you could see that team kind of focus in and go, "Hey, we need to get our ass in gear because we need points." Yeah. So, uh, no scoring in the third or in the overtime? No scoring in the third or overtime, in large part thanks to Brian Elliott. Yeah, which we'll get into that at the end of this. But uh, the shootout comes around, and his first shootout since the Olympics, TJ Oshie. Were you surprised that he was booed? A little. little. I mean, I mean, you're cheering for your team. I, I, mean, I don't know if it was mixed, but it wasn't heavy boos, I guess. 
I was, you know, I, I get that it's it was a road game, but I still kind of thought that, you know, him in a shootout would be a situation where he would still get some residual love from the Team USA stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's just me overthinking it because mm. I'm a Blues fan and I'm a Team USA guy. But I really, I kind of expected there to be more of an event. Like, if you remember back in 98, uh, when McGuire and Sosa were in the home run race. Yeah. It didn't matter where they were. When those dudes came up to everybody bat. Everybody was on their feet. Everyone know? was on their feet, and everyone had their cameras out. Yeah. Whether you were a, a Cardinals fan, a Cubs fan, a Dodgers fan, whoever. Yeah. If you were in the if you were in the ballpark and those dudes were at bat, you were ready. And I feel, I feel like that's kind of where it would be for Oshie in a shootout type of situation where – Everyone wants to see it now because that, that's what that kid's known for. He could be a good player, but he is known for shootouts. Yep. And, and he, that's it. Yeah. And he goes, uh, he scores there. He goes uh, eight for 11. Uh, Brzezgalov thought he had him pegged on the. Uh, I thought he did too. Thought he had him in the glove and Oshi just got it above his glove. Yeah. So. I, I thought that Oshi waited too long to put that move on and I thought Brzezgalov had him. Mm. And then he just flipped it right over his arm. Yeah, and then uh, next shooter was uh, Zach Parisi and a nice save by uh, Brian Elliott. Great toe save. Yep, and then uh, next is Alexander Steen. Or, excuse me, Mika Koivu. Actually, the reverse. Minnesota went first. I jumped ahead there. But, anyway, Parisi save, Oshi goal. Koivu missed a uh, missed shot yep. went for the far post. Didn't happen. Alexander Steen goes top uh, blocker side. Which after the game, Briz Golf said he knew exactly where both shooters were going. Well, if you know exactly where they're going, you should. Yeah, I don't know them. if that's a comment you want to make. If you want to say I know where they were both going and they both scored on you, maybe keep that comment to yourself. Yep. So Blues uh, to pick up the shootout win, three to two. Uh, I guess the thing you're talking about, how you said Brian Elliott basically held the Blues into it, which he he really, he really did. did. And here's the thing: who's your first? The first star of this game goes to. Ryan Suter with one assist, but th- ice time of 31 minutes. Second star, Jason Pomaville. Third star, T.J. Oshie. I mean, whatever. It's, it's fine. It's one of those things where it's, it's like. It's what you expect. You know, it's it, it, you're, It's hard to get a number one star on the road. Um, but, yeah, the fact that Brian Elliott wasn't even a star is pretty asinine because that guy made some incredible saves in the third period in overtime. Really did. Mm, I thought it was uh, played very well for not playing that much. It was only his second game uh, since the uh, Olympics. He played, obviously, the game when Miller got traded. Well, I think Elliott's in one of those positions now where he knows that every game he plays right now is an audition for next year somewhere. Yep. Which um, you need to and, score and, them. And, and look, and it could be St. Louis. If they don't re-sign Miller, then you think they go with Elliott and, uh, and Allen next year. Yeah. But, you know, obviously the optimism is that the Blues re-sign Miller, and it's Miller and Allen next year, and Elliott's, you know, going to go somewhere else yeah. as a free agent. Yeah. So that kid's got to make the best of uh, of every one of his starts from here on out, and they're not going to be many. Yep. So, um, yeah, I think he'll probably get a couple more here and there. It looks like next weekend there's a or I'm sure. week there'll be some. He'll get the Pittsburgh or Philadelphia start for sure. Yeah. Because they put both of them next weekend, so back-to-back. Yeah, I'm sure he'll get one of those. So let's go into Tuesday night's game, a game that me and you were in attendance for. I swear to God, man, I'm the bad luck guy. Yeah, I think you might have to stay away for a while. I have one more game I have tickets for. And then, you, depending on how that goes, you might have to not go for playoffs. Yep, we uh, we both attended the Tuesday game against Dallas, 
And uh, that was a game, you know, I remember remarking to you as we were driving down there that I really wasn't sure what to expect from the Dallas Stars. Yep. Because uh, the night before was when all hell broke loose with them calling the game off. Yeah, with uh, Rich Beverly having a cardiac event, basically. Basically that, dying on the bench. Yeah, they had to use a defibrillator. Very scary incident where very uh, awkward watching that video. When you oh, watch yeah. it next, I really didn't want to watch it, but just to kind of see. The, like, when you happened. see Lindy Ruff turning around and screaming, is there a doctor here yeah. to the crowd? That's bad times. Which there was actually a nurse who was a season ticket holder in the second row yeah. who hopped over the boards and actually started administering a CPR yeah. to him as before the team doctors got there. So That's uh, bonkers. Yeah, well, kudos to the uh, team, the medical staff for not only Dallas, but the Columbus Blue Jackets who also had their doctor help out and uh, you know bring him back. You know, Basically, he was – they didn't say his heart stopped, but – if you had to use a defibrillator, I think you should pretty much they got right. into rhythm. And, of course, the coolest thing, I think, which people, maybe you've probably seen, but the whole LeBron James oh, yeah. thing. Sprains his ankle, has to get carried off the bet, carried yeah. off the court. Rich Peverly, basically, after, dies, comes back to life, wants to go back in the game. Yeah, asked how much time was left in the first and if he can go back in the game, Yeah, which is fantastic. is like just playing hockey and knowing like people who play hockey. That's right. pretty much like kind of the mentality, unless you're – unconscious you're pretty much not yeah um wanting to play so you know this game was it had a playoff atmosphere to it the thing that i didn't like about this game was it seemed like the officiating was very sketchy yeah like they were calling a lot of really tacky calls both ways it wasn't just but then they would they would go for stretches where they would swallow their whistle and you'd see people get mobbed and there would be no call. Yeah, so it was a interesting game. We watched, uh, so Petrangelo got us on the board first with a kind of a scramble in front type goal. Yeah. That was created by a PRV's wraparound. And, uh, so Petrangelo had seventh of the year at 13 minutes, 13 minutes and a one second mark. Uh, assist from PRV and uh, LaPierre. Put the Blues up one nothing. Uh, unfortunately, Dallas comes back with under a minute to go in the yeah. period, which was kind of a killer. Colton... Uh, I'm going to mess this up. Skeever? Skyver? I think Skyver. Let's go with that one. Fourth, uh, this fourth goal of the year from Alex Golgoski and Ray Whitney. Tie it up on Shattenkirk's holding penalty. So, um, Blues going in the first period, which they kind of looked like two different teams again. Yeah, they, looked they did. really, really good. I think the coming out, they kind of, I take it back, other way around. They looked uh, kind of not so good the first maybe like five, seven minutes where there wasn't much pressure. Then it looked awesome for the next like eight, nine minutes. And then that power play happened. And then, right. Like, uh, I thought we were playing really, really well, and then nothing happened. And yet again, the the Blues power play completely uh, never went into the building. I can't say they left the building. It never pulled into the garage. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, there's been a lot of inconsistency within periods with this team recently, uh, which bothers me. Um, you know, after the trade happened, the first two games we played, um, we spotted teams two goal leads and came back and won. Um, we coughed up a two-goal lead against Minnesota, but held on to win. And then this Dallas game, it was back and forth. And it was just a game of tennis, up one, tied. And then we go into the second, uh, and we're actually, no, there's no scoring in the second, right? No scoring in the second. And then we go to the third. Very chippy, though. Yeah. Like at the end, it, uh, there was a hit on, 
uh, Petrangelo got hit boarded by Antoine Roussel, and then Petrangelo got pissed camp and slashed him. Which is a, such a crap call, man. So both of like, them got penalties with five seconds left in the uh, Which, you know, look, I, I get it. I do. I understand. You know, by the rule book, it's a penalty. But I think that that was such a shady second call. Yeah, I just do, and then let's just call out Jamie Ben. Can we do that we'll right get, now? We'll get that. In, we'll get into that after we get to the third. Uh, and there's Antoine Roussel comes back after that. Let's not penalty. forget Tim Thomas falling on his face. Correct after uh, the second, right in front of you and I. And I think I even told him something like, "Your helmet looks corny." Yeah, <laughs> he's coming off the ice and yeah, tripped over a puck or tripped over himself. Dude, or, tripped over a shadow. Yeah, like there was nothing there. Face planted, and the whole crowd just kind of gave him. Gave him crap for Straight it. up face planted and then turned around like someone tripped him. There ain't no one there. No one there, buddy. But uh, unfortunately, the third period, Antron Roussel, kind of a, I would say, one of the few weak goals that I think yeah. nobody wanted back on a, uh, was it two on one? A two on one? Or, it was. It was it, an odd man rush, at least. It, it was one of the things that you and I had commented on about three minutes before that goal scored is Dallas all night long um, was having success coming in on the wing. And then guarding the puck with their body and skating in on the side on Miller and getting a, getting a shot from the side of the net. And it seemed like no sooner do we say, man, they've had that all day. And it's only a matter of time before one of those gets in that, bam, one of them got in. And it was you're right. It just rolled up Miller and rolled, you know, basically between his body and his arm. Yeah, he just had we were we were that was on our both goals unfortunately for Dallas were scored when we were that was our end. Yeah. So it was kinda like well. Um, but that was something that I had noticed all game was that the blues were not cutting that playoff. They, you know, they were not pushing them below the goal line to make them go behind the net. They were, you know, basically holding them till about mid circle and then backing off. And there was allowing whoever had the puck, uh, to, to skate in and cut in right there on goal. Yeah. So that's kind of like the, uh, kind of knock against the blues. They had one hit. The defense had one hit this whole game, which a lot of people were kind of, on you know, trying to say our defense is soft, nobody's stepping up, but you know, not, you don't have big like kind of like uh, bangers anymore. It's like it's more of a you know finesse game anyway. Yep. So that's I a big I, difference. I don't like care. the last, I would say the last big one of our big begging defensemen is Jackman. Yep. I mean, Polak can. He can. But he, he shies away sometimes. Yeah, so. but you look at our defense now, and our top three defensemen are not big bruising defensemen. They're skilled defensemen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then Roman Polak, who we just talked about, gets a kind of a, it's a slap shot. It was a wrist shot. It was a C and I goal. Yeah, he just threw it towards the net and it just found its way through everybody. Got an assist from Tarasenko and Berglund, tied at two two at the five minute mark of the third period. The one, and that was the other thing that you and I commented about all night was the fact that Thomas was giving up big rebounds, and that was just. Give, just I'll, huge I'll give Dallas defense credit for tying him up or getting the puck out of the front of the net, but uh, the Blues. Finally, started seeing that near the end of the third, where the Blues are pretty much in control the rest of the third period. Yeah, and just were throwing shots and scrambling, just couldn't bury it. Unfortunately, yeah, they had a couple of good looks at it, um, but it seemed like for most of this game, the team was content to take a shot from the wing or take a shot from the point. Yeah, uh, with maybe one guy in front. Yeah. Um, you know, and you would see these rebounds, these four or five foot rebounds that would just sit there for what seemed like an eternity before someone from Dallas would finally clear it. But man, like 
if things hold true, it looks like we're shaping up for a Dallas Blues first round matchup. Yeah. That's something the Blues got to jump on. Yeah. Because Lettinen is hurt, I think, for a, indefinitely. I don't think he's officially out for he the year. He just started skating today, so but that's just skating. Who knows yeah. what's going to happen? Um, you got to think in either one of those, but Tom is like, boy, those rebounds just sit there forever. You've, we've got to crash the net. Yeah. So you never know what happens. Like next, and then in Calgary, be Dallas on Thursday night. So it's yeah. like. The Blues definitely are in there. What's well, so the overtime like we talked about before? Jamie Ben off kind of a. I mean, the play was fine. The thing that I unfortunately did not see the goal because I was focusing on the other end. Yeah, where, where Alex Steen, where Steen was getting pretty much molested down in front of a uh, Tim Thomas by. Uh, I can't remember who it was. I think Golagoski, I want to say. I think that's who it was. And it's, you know, I went home and I watched NHL tonight and I watched the replay of the game, and it looked like Steen may have been the instigator there, and that's fine. But give penalties on for both. That had to be something. Those guys were rolling around on the ice and and pulled each other down when they tried to get up at least once apiece. Yeah, like how that happens. Mm. And there's there's nothing called. You know, call one on Steen. I didn't even see the hand go up for a delayed penalty when when Dallas had the puck. Mm. But how nothing is called there, and that leads to the rush where Dallas scores and, and wins the game. Is mind blowing to me, and again, like I, I don't want to say, oh, it's the referee's fault, because it, it's not. But just be consistent. Yeah, there was so such inconsistent play calling in that, or, or, or penalty calling in that game that I just I was never able to figure out where that line was going to be. So Jamie Ben with his twenty sixth of the year uh, wins it for Dallas. They win one for Rich Peverly and move on. So Blues. Uh, Need to regroup going into the Thursday game against uh, Edmonton. So yep. David Perron is his first uh, return back to St. Louis since the trade this summer. And he nets a goal. At 26th the s- of the year. Yep. I mean, uh, yes. Uh, David Perron from Taylor Hall and Andrew Ference at the 7 minute and 39 seconds. And it was a great goal. It was a nice shot right over uh, Miller's blocker. Yep. Uh, good pass by a Hall bringing his own, throw on the brakes, and throw it feet across to Perron, who was uh, streaking in. So that's a little stinger for Blues fans. But you had to you had to think that Perron was, was going to be up for this game. Yeah, there was there was a good like one like how much cheers, but a lot of people clapped. You know, they were when they announced the goal. Him. I listened, and you could yeah. hear people cheering. So. Yeah, so you know, it's not like the dude left on bad terms. He just obviously was not fitting into the system. Like that, Chris Stewart, both of those guys were just yeah. Well, and, and I think even more so with Perron is. You know, there was the the talk towards the end of last season where both Hitchcock and even Backus came out and never said by name or number, but basically just said certain people. And you could read between the lines because I don't remember the exact quotes, but you could figure out that it was David Perron. Yeah, basically people do try and do everything on their own. Right, much, something like that. Which we saw was couple, David Perron. Which I mean, we saw a couple times yeah, <laughs> in the game, too. Where God you- bless David Perron because during the lean years, he was the only guy worth going to see. Yep. Um, but you know, I think because of that, he got used to just give me the puck and get away from me and let me do what I got to do. Yeah. And as this team started to grow and get better as a unit, you don't need players like that. Yep. So, uh, and also this marked the return of Vladimir Saboka back from, uh, his, uh, broken kneecap that happened before the Olympics. What a game did that dude have? And he ties it up with a fantastic feed from, uh, Tarasenko, an even better move by Saboka to yeah. beat, uh, Ben Scrivens. 
for his eighth of the year, obviously, uh, assist from Tarasenko and TJ Oshie to tie it at the 18 minute and 48 second mark of the first period. Yeah, that was a really pretty goal. I mean, he the the puck comes to the slot where Saboka's at, and if you watch this play develop, Saboka backs up from the far post uh, as Tarasenko is coming around the back, um, gets the puck in the slot goes to his backhand to get around the defense, tucks it back in, and is falling as he pushes the puck five-hole. And uh, it, just a really, really great blue-collar goal, which is what we've come to expect from this guy all season long. Yeah, like, I, like Hitch said, he's pretty much the best player having the best on the best team having the best season of anybody. I, I, I don't think you can argue that. Yeah, so... Going to the second period, and uh, Vladimir Tarasenko gets on the board at the five-minute and five-second mark with an assist from T.G. Oshie and Vladimir Saboka. That line was incredibly good all night. And yeah, that's, I like that line. That's why it's such a bummer to see Tarasenko gone for six weeks now because that line, man, oh, man, did they have some chemistry going. Yeah, I really like that line. So hopefully uh, they can get back together and uh, in the playoffs and recreate some of that. I hope so. So, uh, unfortunately, Mark Frazier ties it on kind of a – my opinion, sketchy goal. That's the uh, scramble where Jackman gets yeah kicked, kicked in the head. But I mean, the guy was jumping over him as he was like uh, getting. I think he got hauled down, and then the guy tries to jump over Jackman, doesn't make it, knees him in the head, knees and him the in the head, him in the air. yeah, and he gets cut on the ground, not in front of the net, but off to the right in the faceoff circle. Yeah, in a shooting lane, potentially for a, for a good amount of time too. For a good probably like 20, 25 seconds. Yeah. And why Edmonton has the puck and there's no penalty called or the whistle is not getting blown. And they work the puck around and on top of that, um, God, who was it? That was in front of the net that hit him. Now I had it written down. I just can't find it. Yeah, you got nothing. I can't remember now. But anyway, so it gets, uh, excuse me, Matt Hendricks. There it is. Yes, uh, bumps into bumps bump, into Miller. Bumps into Miller turns him around, so Miller is basically his back to the goal. Spins back around, puck goes to the net. It hits off Pollock skate and goes uh, under five hole yeah. under the pad or five hole on Miller. Miller's irate. The fan, I thought Miller was going to kill somebody. Uh, the fans irate. Jackman's on the ground bleeding. Um, Hitchcock and the bench are screaming. Edmonton celebrates. And they go in the, the second period. Somehow tied this game at two two. Yeah, you know and. I think what really upset me more, and you saw Pang talk about this, was at the end of that period, uh, Miller skates up to the ref and just wants to talk. And obviously he's heated, yeah. but he wants an explanation. Like, why was it the whistle blown? You saw my defenseman laying on the ground. You saw me get hit. How does nothing get called? And the referee just skates away from him. Doesn't even give him the time of day. Look, man, like... We're past the point now of arguing the goal. The goal stands. We've played, you know, two minutes or so of hockey since that yeah. goal was scored. But to just walk away from someone, let alone to walk away from someone the caliber of Ryan Miller. Yeah, it's like, not a rookie goalie. Like, no, certainly. man. Like, that dude has earned your time to be like, this is what I saw. This is what I didn't see. This is what I interpreted. Yeah. And I just thought that was very uh, unsportsmanlike on the ref's part to not at least tell the guy, hey, Here's what's up. This is what happened. You don't have to like it, but that's what it is. Yeah, and things are to get chippy at the end of that period of uh, Steen and Perron getting into it. Uh, the return of the turtle. Yeah, he turtled. Uh, was that then? Or was it, that was the third period, I think, we he turtled. It was it. I don't remember. It was one, I'm so used to the fact that every time so, Perron gets into an altercation, so, he turtles. Steen and Perron get roughing penalties near the end of the first period. 
Uh, third period doesn't really change too much. Um, Ryan Reeves and uh, Luke Gazdick. Uh, Gazdick. Gazdick? Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, Ten-minute misconduct penalties. Basically, they line up next to each other, start jawing, and the ref says, I don't want that, and throws them in the box for ten minutes. Yeah. And then in a box, I think it was a scrum on top of the. That's why they got there's a scrum, and then they got ten minutes for unsportsmanlike. Right. They're in the box for a couple minutes, and then at the ten minute mark, they get game misconducts for because Gazdick got up and was like hitting the glass. I don't know if you saw that part. I didn't see that. Where he got up and was screaming at. Uh, they showed the replay. They showed he was screaming at Reeves, and Reeves, you know, was keeps egging him on. Right. And the ref is right there banging on the door, telling him to sit down, and Gazdick doesn't do it. Throws Gazdick out of the game, and wow. so. He's out of the game, and then Mil- then Reeves sits down laughing, you know, like, okay, I got him. You got what he wanted. And then the ref comes over. He's like, no, you too. And he's like, what? You saw him say, like, come on. And then he got escorted off the ice as well. So they both got game misconducts at the 10-minute mark, which I thought was interesting. But we'll go into the goal scoring that period, which there was a lot of goals. A scoring. lot of goal scoring. So everybody gets a goal. You get a goal. You get a goal. You, you get, get a goal. goal. You get a goal. It's the Oprah Winfrey Show. Everybody, look at your seat. Everybody gets a goal. So Petrangelo starts it off at the 42-second mark with an assist from Vladimir Saboka. I'll roll through all the goals, and we'll go. We'll talk about it. So uh, four-minute and 25-second mark, James Schwartz gets on the go- on the board with an assist from Bacchus and Steen. Uh, Power play makes an actual appearance at the 7-minute and 56-second mark. T.G. Oshie gets an assist or a goal, excuse me, from assist from Steen and Shattenkirk, and then finally Jaden Schwartz wraps it up with his twenty-first of the year, uh, assist from Lapierre and Payarvi at the twelve minute fifty-six second mark, almost out of hat trick too. Right after hit that, the post. hit the post on a uh, half. I think it was like almost breakaway. A guy was on him, but made a move and just slightly grazed off the post. It yeah, sucked. the puck. If you watch the replay, the puck kind of just rolls up the stick of the goaltender and then hits the uh, right in the elbow of the post and crossbar. Um, but yeah, you know, look, this was a game that the Blues should have won. No question. Yeah, easily. And this is one of those games where you see what you wanted to see in the third. And that was the Blues look at each other and go, okay, it's, it's time to get serious. And it's time to go to work. And it's time to play the hockey that we could play. Yeah. It looks like a Petrangelo said after the game, he was like, he was like, that kind of gave us a little, little fire at the end As of the As it period. should. You know, look, there's a lot of teams out there right now that are in spoiler roles, and they know that they're not going to make the playoffs, and all they want to do is bring down the teams that are. And, you know, you can't fall into that trap. It's easy to get up to play Chicago and easy to get up to play Boston. It's not so easy to get up to play the Edmonton Oilers. It's just not. Uh, they're not a division game. They're, they're not a team you're going to play in the playoffs. It's, you know, it's a Thursday night. There's just there, there's nothing sexy about that game, uh, but it's two points that you need, and it's two points that justifiably you should have without question, and that's why that third period I liked seeing them really kind of you know tighten the the laces up and go let's go get it, and they did it. Yep, which is a sign of a you know good team. So yep. glad that they were able to do that. Blues uh, going two zero and one on the week so far, going into the Nashville game. Uh, we'll talk about the crowd. After we'll go through the we'll go through everything that happened during the game. Sure. And we'll talk about the crowd, which I thought was pretty awesome. awesome. So uh, me and you were actually out to dinner yes. with another friend, so we didn't really have audio for the game. So we it's kinda, true. I was where was I supposed to be Saturday? I was supposed to be show? somewhere. Yeah, where was I? That's right. I was supposed to be in Nashville 
at this damn game. But somebody who else is in this room, and I'm not going to point fingers because it's not polite to point people out, but someone else who's in this room and is recording on this podcast said they couldn't go. So I coughed up my tickets, and I didn't get to go to the national game. But we'll talk about the game nonetheless. We're out to dinner. So, yeah. Paint the story. Paint the story. It's not my fault. Anyway, the Blues uh, get on the board at 11 minute 36. 32 second mark. Uh, Patrick Bergman works his way in, uh, steals a puck uh, from the right hand boards, works his way across the, the center to the left side board, takes a nice wrist shot, beats Pecorine over the left, over his uh, glove side. Yep. And, you know, nice we, shot. we joked about this in the first podcast coming out of the Olympic break that we hoped uh, Berglin could bring back whatever he was drinking in Sochi. And he has. He's you know, he's, he's played really, really well since the break. And, you know, He's. This is another one where this is the Berglund that, damn it, man, I wish we would see him all the time. Yep. Because he's so big and he's so strong, but there's times where he just doesn't, he just, use, it, yeah. he doesn't use it. And this is a great case of him stealing the puck and taking it in and just putting it where he wants to. And when he plays like that, man, he's a top-line guy. Yeah, so... Uh, good play by him, and then we go to the second period at the two-minute mark. Patrick Berglund uh, gets uh, another goal, goes a uh, five-hole on Pecorini, coming in on the right-hand boards with the assist from Steve Ott and Roman Polak. Yeah, again, you know, like we just said, there, there's really not much more to add to that. Uh, Berglund was using his strength and his size and just put one right through, came down off the wing, uh, cut it a little bit, but really didn't get too far inside the circles. And uh, just put one right through the five hole. Yep, perfect shot. Uh, then let's go into Vladimir Tarasenko. Got a goal at the seven minute and twenty one second mark on a shot that was, uh, I think, initially he took and then to put it behind the net, followed the puck perfectly and was able to bang it in before uh, Pecorino was able to react from sliding over. Yeah, so, that was his twentieth of the year, I believe. His twenty first, actually. Twenty first. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, another strong goal, and that's the type of stuff that we've been seeing from him all year. Is he's really grown into an NHL player. Yeah, he looked good. So the team looked great the whole night. Yeah, and then Eric Nystrom uh, comes with the goal and gets the uh, Ryan Miller shutout going at the sixteen minute fifty second mark from uh, assist from Colton Sissons and Paul Gostad. For those of you unfamiliar with what the Ryan Miller shutout is, uh, apparently uh, our friends in Buffalo have informed us that Ryan Miller is never one who's good at actually securing the full shutout. He's always good at getting the 3-1, 4-1 win. Yeah. So if you can ever win a game with Ryan Miller where it's, you know, whatever goals to one, it's the Ryan Miller okay. shutout. So let's get that going. The Ryan Miller shutout happening. Then uh, going to the third period, Alexander Steen with an assist from uh, Schwartz and David Backus. So he gets his 30th of the year Yep, and becomes the, I think it was fourth. Third or fourth father-son duo. And one, obviously, Bobby and Brett Hall. I'm a fan of those two. Yeah, so that's one of them, and and, uh, it's probably a bunch more I can't come up with. Uh, The other one that they said were were people that I didn't didn't even recognize. So uh, Thomas Steen or Tomas Steen. Alexander Steen, each with 30 goals. So his first time in his career, he's got the 30 goals. So yeah. Steen having a career year. Blues win 4-1. to one. So uh, let's talk about, which obviously you're a smidgen upset about not being at the game. Dude, it was – I don't know if you saw the uh, the clip that – I did. Was that awesome. was posted um, of everyone coming down the escalators after the game. But it's pretty awesome. 
Which it reminds me of just like how it was for Detroit and Chicago. Oh man, here. it's so, exactly what it was. So Nashville fans, we know how you feel. Trust us, Predator fans. It's I get it. It's it's very gloomy, awful but, in, in Predator Land right now, and it sucks to go to a home game and be the minority. It yeah. does. Which You're, you couldn't even like. You only saw if you watched. I watched it. I found two videos. Uh, one was on I think somebody a friend of a friend on my Facebook yep. page, and they shot like a two minute video. So, and you looked around. You only time you saw like a yellow, like all yellow jersey. You found I found one or two, and the other two that I saw of the four that I found were, were blues security. practice jerseys. No, were security people. Oh well, yeah, um, so it's like, but man, it was like, hard, man. It was a lot of blues fans there. Yeah, the blues took over Nashville, which is awesome. awesome because it's a short drive, and you know i I don't ever want us to get the reputation of Chicago fans yeah. where teams start implementing rules to try to stop that, yeah. you know their fans from coming to games but it was pretty cool to see Blues fans travel like that it was louder now for just when we get your asses into Scott trade yeah it was louder when uh the Blues scored off you know when I watched the replays, oh yeah it was louder when the Blues scored when that was high Nashville like it was loud because they had the horn going yep like, I agree when the Blues scored I mean it was like just like you were at home, just like when you know, like when we went to a couple of Chicago games, uh, when I went to one earlier this year, I mean, it was like 50 50. It's like the Blues scored and Chicago scored. It's like same volume yeah. outside of like music going for the Blues and the horn going. Yep. Like you had somebody doing the fake Tile Man too. Did you hear that? I did. That? Which is awesome. Which I thought, uh, I read a couple of people just posted online. Uh, they had somebody like a fake, quote unquote, fake Tile Man where somebody did it. That's awesome. Like they said a couple of the sections at the end where the Blues shot twice. So obviously yeah. those seats are not like. Well, you know, took up for Predators sure. fans. So they said like almost two or three full sections where it was probably not, like in the high ninety percentile, like just Blues fans. Wow! And that's where they had like somebody come down and do the counting, and they said it was just crazy. So next year for sure, I promise. Now it's recording, so you have like proof. Okay. Next time, no matter what, we're going to Nashville. We're going to Nashville. All right, it's a barbecue. Watch some hockey. Correct. So no matter what, we'll be. I'll be in this time. So. Blues go three zero and one on the week. Ryan Miller moves to six zero and one on the week uh, total. Yep. So he's doing good. Surprised he did not get third start of the week. He's had, yeah, I am too. But like I said, that's just you know accolades that really don't matter. So let's go with the, the games that come up this week. I'll just uh, tonight as we're recording, we'll be upstairs recording. Hopefully, you don't look at your phone. Right nope, now. it's down on the ground. Okay. So um, Blues are playing the Jets right now at home. Couple guys missing, obviously. Tarasenko is missing. Yep. Pay RV is out one more game. Apparently, Leopold is good to go, but came down with the flu today. So of he will, he will be back Wednesday. It sounds like for the big game in Chicago. Got it at Chicago on the NBC NBC Sports Network. And then obviously Oshie not playing tonight. Oshie's not playing tonight due to his uh, fiance baby daddiness. Yes. So we'll look at those two guys, possibly three guys. Pay RV might be back as well. So yep. it looks like we'll. Get some guys back in time for the big uh, Chicago showdown. And Winnipeg, one of two teams now in the Central Division that has picked up at least one at least point points against yep. so the Dallas. And, uh, so we're 18-0-2 right now. So let's uh, keep going this week against the Jets and Blackhawks. And this weekend, a pair of uh, Eastern Conference games. Early starts. So noontime starts for the Blues. Uh, it's on NBC Sports Network. Or excuse me, I'm reading the same line twice. Uh, Fox Sports Midwest at noon against the Philadelphia Flyers on Saturday, March 22nd. Then following on Sunday, March 23rd, which maybe we'll record during it. Yeah, maybe sure. nothing going on, I think, hopefully. Uh, they play the Pittsburgh Penguins, which should be a good game. And that's on the NHL Network NHL Network, and Fox Sports Midwest. So basically cool. they're picking up the Fox Sports Midwest feed. Absolutely. 
So I'll probably get blacked out. So we'll just be regular Fox Sports that's Midwest a, for St. Louis people. That's a big week of games. Yep. Um, you know, Chicago obviously is uh, the biggest of those games with the fact that we are still, you know, quite a few points up on them in the division. And that was the one thing we didn't really talk about with this past week's games is as much as it was great for the Blues to win, it was equally great that the Blackhawks, the Avalanche, and the Ducks completely nosedived this week. And you started to see the Blues, especially within the Central Division, start to pull away a little bit. And then obviously in the quest for a President's Cup, uh, start to put a couple points between them and the Ducks. Um, but yeah, man, this game in Chicago is going to be no joke. Chicago is not going to go quietly into the night. And as a matter of fact, I believe they are still in third by a point. I know they yes, beat Colorado last night, but I think that they are still third in the division. They beat Detroit last night. Oh, I'm sorry, Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, who is slow, who is looking out looking good so far. Not at all. But there's another team that thankfully we don't want to have to worry about right now, but that team always finds a way to pull it together in the end. But in regards to the Chicago game on Wednesday, that's going to be bloody, man. Mm. And, and luckily the Blues have found ways to pick up two points in each of their matchups this week. But... Going into Chicago is never easy. I don't care if they were the worst team in the league and we had a 50-point cushion on them. It doesn't matter. Yep. So right now as it shakes out as we record, uh, with 67 games played, uh, St. Louis, 99 points. Colorado, 68 games. So we obviously have a game in hand, 93 points. And then Chicago, 68 games played, 92 points. Yeah. So we're up by you know decent, a good amount. With games in hand. Yeah, so you just got to keep winning. Being and you got to win like the head-to-head matchups too. Yep, it was like we're I think we're done with Colorado. I believe are we? we? I thought more. we had one more. Let me I look. thought we had one more in St. Louis. Let me look one more time. I was just on that page because I was actually as I was getting ready to come over today, I meant to pull it up. I wanted to see what division games we have left. Um, I think the only teams that we are done with are Nashville and Dallas. Yes, and it looks like we do play on April fifth. We play the Avalanche. A tough weekend on the weekend of uh, April 5th. Yeah. Uh, the Avalanche at home, and then we go back up to Chicago on that Sunday. Yep. And that is now a uh, NBC game. game, right? It is 11.30 a.m. Uh, St. Louis time, NBC Oof. game. So, yeah. Not a fan of the morning starts. But... At least it's not 6 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. We were uh, not a fan Which, of by the way, shout out to uh, U.S. Men's. Uh, Paralympic team for capturing their second gold in a row and third in four Olympics this, uh, this past weekend. Yeah, back to back gold, and they beat Russia in Russia one to nothing. So, them. I believe the goalie is from St. Louis. I don't yes. have the name in front of me, and he actually got chosen to be the uh, closing ceremony uh, flag bearer for the second Olympics in a row. That's awesome, which is awesome. So, so great for those guys. That's uh, it's pretty awesome to see. And uh, hey, man, if you've ever, if you've never watched Those sled crazy, hockey, man. you need to watch them. a game. Like it's number one, it's just very entertaining. But two, you look at what those guys do, and there's no way I could do that. There's no way. Mm-hmm. It's really, really cool and fun to watch. So again, congratulations to USA Men's uh, Paralympic Hockey for uh, their second gold in a row, their third and four Olympics. Yep. So really happy for those guys. So Blue's got a big week. Come on, a big next 15 games pretty much. So we got to do without one of their top scorers. Yep. I think they'll be okay. First round, I think, still be tough, but I think you can get by it. I think hopefully he'll be back by the time you get to the second round where you're going to be facing Colorado or Chicago, probably. Yeah, that's the way it looks like it's going to be. So uh, 
let's go into we're going to change things up a smidgen here so we're going to go into our uh, comments we had another comments this week okay uh from jeremy gillian again sweet so he commented on our last podcast so we're going to read that real quick uh great show again this week guys thanks for an awesome shout out which we did last week that was pretty cool to hear i was wondering if you might address a question he had about sure. the lineup with the rapidly approaching playoffs Hopefully the top line remains with Steen, Bacchus, and Oshie, which we saw kind of changed up. Yeah. But with Saboko returning, what players do you think on our second line will consist of? Schwartz, Saboko, Tarasenko. Obviously, it's a little different now. Berglund, Saboko, Tarasenko. Both have really good chemistry. The all-Euro line, in a short time they put together, put some great numbers up. But the line of Schwartz, Saboko, Tarasenko produced very well. Seem to have tremendous tenaciousness about the and that's hard to replicate which second line do you see the blues rolling with through the playoffs thanks for the shout out keep up the great work much appreciated let's go blues well i think before the injury yeah, it unfortunately it's been a little Saboka, dated Tarasenko, yeah. and uh and then either uh schwartz or oshi um you know we said it earlier in the podcast that second line was brilliant this week once saboka came back um i think Sabotka is one of those players that makes anyone around him better. Um, it would not surprise me if you saw a Sabotka and uh, Berglund line with, you know, maybe Yaskin. You know, I, I think that Yaskin would be well served to be on lines with other skilled players. I don't think it does the team any good to bring him up and put him on a checking line with a Ryan Reeves. And that's not a knock on Ryan Reeves. But just your role, yeah. but yeah, you know that's that's a role that Yaskin really isn't isn't meant to play. Um, so if I had to guess now, and who knows what happens after you know we see this game tonight, um, my guess would be your second line is going to be uh, T.J. Oshie, um, Sabotka, and Yaskin. Yeah, I, I'm thinking it's uh, or Berglund or Berglund. Berglund. As I'm going, with, I'm going to go with uh, Berglund. Uh... Saboka and uh, Oshi. I think the top line will, seems to be working with uh, Steen in the center, which is they've changed up, and yeah. Bacchus on the wing. Which I thought was, hey, man, that's great. I mean, fine. whatever works. The The one thing that I really want, and I believe we addressed this last podcast as well, and obviously, you know, you're throwing the, the monkey wrench of injuries right now, is there's 15 games left in the season. You have to get your line set and get some chemistry and consistency. And I Hitchcock seems to more so than some coaches really want to tinker with lines. Yeah, he likes doing that. And at some point, I get that you want to find that that magic combination where everything clicks perfectly. But at some point, you have to take what you have and allow it to mold solid for the playoffs. Because if you start switching people around, you're going to roll into the playoffs basically like you were on game one where people are still trying to get to know each other and you can't do that against any team in the playoffs. Yep. So I think, uh, next 15 games will be a nice tune up for the playoffs, obviously. And that's where the blues are going to be judged ultimately. So let's see how things go. Now we're going to start our sort of new segment where it's uh, our Twitter slash Facebook question of the week. Yep. Where who do you think is going to step up in the Tarasenko injury? Uh, not the buckle, but like in situation, I guess. Who's who do you think is going to step up basically for Tarasenko? Um, and I'll put that out there on Facebook and Twitter uh, after we get done recording, and then we'll read those on our next uh, podcast. Yep. But you can go ahead and we kind of addressed it already, basically. We yeah, started. I mean, for me, and it's weird because I don't know if you can say step up because the kids there is it's going to be Vladimir Sabotka. Yeah, it's going to be. 
you know, he's he's had that role with this team for so long where he's kind of been that utility band-aid plug him in where you need him guy and he just goes. Yeah. And I think that's really going to be where this is. And then my my one B answer is Yaskin. Yeah. You know, this is really his chance to show that he's got what it takes to make this team 82 games next year. Yeah, so it's uh going to be up to him to shine, which is basically what everybody's saying. So I think uh He'll be able to. Uh, he shows a lot more grit too than uh, not than Tarasenko, but than like Stewart would have been. If Stewart was still here, that's where Stewart would have been plugged into. So I agree. You have, you have Yaskin who is going to be plugged in that spot, and I think he's going to. The couple games I saw him, I saw him in the Chicago game uh, he, when he scored his first NHL yep. goal, where he was on the fourth line and ton of energy, a lot of uh, grit. Just sometimes he's out of position, just still learning the system. And that's, which that, is gonna that comes with time. Which is going to happen. That's not even a complaint. Just saying. Sure. That takes repetition. Same way Tarasenko was you know, last Absolutely. year. So I think he'll be fine. So uh, let's go into our jersey watch segment. Mine is hanging up because nice. I just washed it. Straight in the washer. <laughs> it was in a wash. It was in a wash. So fresh and so it. clean. But uh, mine was going to be the uh, third. I have a blank third jersey, which I've been. The Blues been winning, so I don't change. I, I, you know, I'm usually that way. Um, but this season, I've gone with. As long as I'm wearing a home jersey when they're at home and a road jersey when they're on the road, I'm good. Mm. Uh, so I'm wearing the uh, late 80s, early 90s era uh, blue, St. Louis Blues jersey of uh, number 15, Craig Janney. Ah, Craig Janney. Arguably my favorite blue of all time. Yeah, I know. Don't question me. I know I it's know. stupid. No, that's fine. Everybody has their own player. Go ahead and make your Brendan Shanahan jokes, people. Put them on Facebook. Put them on Twitter. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. But yeah, it was just uh, the anniversary. It was just the other day too. Yep. But speaking of not him and his wives, no, <laughs> correct. But uh, the actual uh, anniversary we'll bring up today, since we are recording on St. Patrick's Day, uh, 1991, March 17, 1991, the St. Patrick's Day massacre in the old Chicago Stadium. Yeah, I just watched that today since I was uh, off today, so I was able to. Uh, I watched the uh, Dave Manson Scott Stevens fight where Stevens kind of lost. Dude. Lost. It was crazy. Then unfortunately, I got in the gotten lost in the rabbit hole. And just oh, started watching no. a whole bunch of old like fight videos. I saw where Fewer and Osgood fought. Yep, that was awesome. I I completely forgot about that. It was pretty awesome. So there was a couple of ones I watched, and I watched the Faustine's over, overtime winner last year, and then yep. Jackman's goal, and then I just got like for an hour, just kept watching like That's blues, the best. blues, blues, and I'm like, this is fantastic. I was getting all pumped up for the game, and I'm like, it's only like one thirty. I need to, I need to pump, pump my brakes. I need to pump my brakes a little bit. So, but it's all good. So uh, looks like uh, we'll be. Well, I'll, to, I'll do a little tease, I guess. We might have a format changing already, sadly. A little bit. Well, <laughs> little no, not sadly. It's always good to evolve. Change is, is not good. change is not bad. Yeah, so we're going to go with possibly... Possibly a third person slash moderator. Yeah, so we're we're in talks with uh, somebody. So we're working on the logistics. He's not nearly say. as hockey knowledgeable as us. So he'll be able to kind of... Uh, a little more, uh, like I said, we still do fine with what we do. But it, it'd be a little more structured, I guess. For those of you guys who watch ESPN or back in the day used to watch Sports Plus when it was still viable to, to watch, Plus. if you remember the way the pit used to be at Sports Plus or if you remember um, some of the segments in PTI where there's always someone who throws out, you know, like a point, counterpoint thing or yeah. a topic, that's really kind of what we're going to uh, to look at to not necessarily make this less conversational because I, I think we like the conversational side, but it, it's it's nice to have one person who can kind of you know feel the format of everything and that you and I focus on the, the hockey, hockey brains. Yeah. So yeah. So like I said, it'd be, I like the talk, but sometimes I'm real focused on making sure we 
hit certain points or I hit certain points about sure. everything. So, well, hopefully we'll see how that works out. Um, maybe they – well, it's going to be debut before the playoffs for sure. So either next week or the Unless week after. Unless his wife says no. Should I cut that? No, you can leave yeah. that in. That's right. Okay. Anyway, uh, so we'll see how it goes. That's right. I said it. I know you're listening. I said it. And you can play it for your wife too. Anyway. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week.